once again we are in the book of Romans. This is our second lesson. Kathy asked me, she goes, how long do you think we might stay in Romans? I said, well, I heard a preacher once say he was in the book of Romans for three years. You know, you could go through the book of Romans, get to the end, and it'd be just like the Golden Gate Bridge. You know that they start every year at one day and begin to paint, and when they get through with the bridge, they finish a complete year and turn around and come back to that very same thing and start doing it all over again. What a monotonous job that would be after a couple of years, huh? It might not take that long now, but that was what that was the way it was back 20 years ago. They may have faster and more up-to-date things that they don't uh, have to do that anymore like that. But that's the way they used to paint it. And uh, we could go through the book of Romans today, spend however long we need to go through it, stop, at the end, come right back to the beginning, and it would all be refreshed all over again. Folks, God's mercies are refreshed every day. A child of God who walks through this valley of shadow of death, we see God's mercy and grace afresh every day. We know that his mercy and grace to us is new day by day, don't we? Oh, the love we have, that our Lord has for us in showing us these things. This is study number two, and we began last week with verses one through six, and we're going to look at that again. This week, I'd like to bring your attention to the called of Jesus Christ. We once again turn in our Bibles to this epistle that is written to the saints at Rome. And in our first lesson, we considered the phrase in verse 1, the gospel of God. Folks, this entire Bible, everything about the word in between these two covers is about God's gospel. In the beginning, God created. What a gospel that is right there. What good news. It didn't just happen. Oh, the world would like us to think there was a big bang and everything came and everything evolved out of whatever happened with the big bang. But no. God thought something and it came to be. This is the very God that we talk about that holds our salvation in his hand. This is the power that we thought, that we talked about in Friday night's Bible study. The power of God Almighty, sovereign ruler of everything. It's his gospel, and he is that gospel. His son coming to this earth, allowing, permitting, by the determinate counsel, that means by the determinate will of God, he came to this world to be sacrificed for you and I. That's the love of God for his people. The entire Bible is about the gospel of God. There is only one gospel, and it's called the gospel. Now, there are other doctrines, other teachings that claim to be a gospel. Oh, we have a good news here. If you just do this, you can be saved. They think that's pretty good news. Well, if you don't see yourself in the depravity that you are before God, I can see why that would be good news for you. But when God has opened our eyes to his glorious knowledge of how deep we are in that pit, what it took for God to reach down and pull us out of that pit. Mm. 
Oh, the magnification of his grace. There are other doctrines, other teachings that claim to be a gospel, but the Spirit of God inspired Paul to address that very thing. Listen to these words that Paul wrote to the Galatians, chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. I marvel, he says, that ye, ye folks of God, you folks of God, you folks that are in the church there at Galatia, I marvel that you so soon removed from him, that ye are so soon removed from him, that called you into the grace of Christ. Now notice he called them. Folks, those who are teaching the lie that it is up to you to decide, pass right by that very thing. God calls his people with the power of God. We are called by the power of God. I'm thankful for, you know, there's a lot of people who know about election. A lot of people know all about election. They have a brain knowledge. Uh, uh, you can know about election and not be saved because election doesn't save you. Christ saves us. He is our only salvation is of the Lord. That's, a, that's the way it is. But you cannot be saved without knowing and loving the doctrine of election. That's what it means to be called. Chosen of God before the world was. You just didn't know that God loved you until he called you. Until the day of his love when he came to you and said, Peter, James, Matthew, come, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Beloved, no, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him and called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And then Paul addresses that. What I just told you a moment ago. He addresses it. He says, which is not another gospel. It's not a gospel at all. What good news is there in something that you can do? If you think you can do something, then you think more of yourself than what God says of you. Plain and simple. He says you're dead in trespasses and sin. That means you're dead. And to say, no, it's my decision means that, no, God, I'm not dead, I'm alive. I can decide. Is that not correct? It's not another gospel. Paul goes on to say these words. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert, pervert the gospel of Christ. That's, the, that's God's gospel. The gospel of Christ. God's gospel. The gospel. Are sent, these are the same ones that is speaking of here. Be there some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of God, these are the same ones God the Spirit moved the Apostle Jude to warn you and I of. Listen to the, listen to the words of Jude. Jude 1, verses 3 and 4. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write to you, unto you of the common salvation, the very salvation, the gospel of God, there's only one, but that one gospel is common between, in between each and every one of God's elect. I was talking with Shelby, and she was sharing with me some uh, folks down there in Australia. I was asking her about 
other preachers that might be in Australia because I knew Don had gone down there. And actually, he had gone down several times and preached for a lot of different people down there. And she said there was a Presbyterian man down there who the basic doctrine, the basic gospel, they were on the same page with. And Don was very blessed to have a relationship and speak about the gospel with this poor, poor man. But the doctrines had some differences in that. And there were some troubles with some of the other doctrines. Beloved, when I gave diligence to write unto you the common salvation, the gospel of Christ, the salvation of Christ, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you to build you up, that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was delivered unto the saints. The belief, the belief in God's word, to trust in the Lord's word, to believe Jesus for who he is, to believe Jesus for what he's done, to believe Jesus for where he is right now. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Then he goes about to express these very men. These very ones that Paul wrote about here, he said, that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Jude tells us they are ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. You know what that word means? That means wickedness. Anytime you raise yourself up above God, that's wickedness. When you think you know better than God, you're committing wickedness. And that's exactly what folks who teach there's something for you to add to God's gospel, they're teaching wickedness. They're taking the word of God and they're turning it into the wickedness of man. And denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we addressed verses 2 through 6 last week, but only in a minimal term. So I wish to look again at our text in verses 1 through 6 of Romans chapter 1. Will you read with me? Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle separated under the gospel of God, which he had promised, now, this separation, this is what Paul is saying here, this separation that he was separated unto the gospel of God, which was promised, which he, God, had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, all the Old Testament prophets promised. They pointed to the promise of God that he would choose a people unto himself. They would, he, would, they, he would choose a people to be his, to belong to him. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, verse 3, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. It's exactly how it was supposed to. God sent two men, as we read in Friday night's Bible study, into Bethania to get a, an ass's colt. And he said, if anybody asks you, what are you doing? Tell them the Lord is of need of it. And you know what? It happened exactly how our Lord told him to. That's what Paul's referring to here. Everything that happened in the Old Testament happened exactly how it was supposed to, according to Christ. Verse 4. And declared to be the Son of God with power, our Lord Jesus Christ was declared to be the Son of power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. 
Verse 5, by whom we have received grace, Paul speaking of himself now, and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Now I want you to catch this next part here. This is what our subject is for this morning. Among whom are ye? Among whom are ye? Not only did Paul and the apostles receive grace unto the obedience of faith among all nations, not only were, were they chosen of God to be such, each and every one of us were chosen of God to be who we are. To be part of, of the body of Christ. Whether you're the finger or the shoulder or the mouth or whatever you are, you are the body of Christ and you were chosen by God to be that part. Something I don't do enough of, and I'm going to do it right here in front of everybody in your, my witnesses. My Lord has chosen this woman to be my helpmate. And what a helpmate she is. She works her fingers off trying to figure out how to put bulletins together every week. She's working her mind right now trying to put together bulletins for while we're gone on vacation. She goes and she figures things out on the computer that I can't even touch a finger and figure out on my own at all. Kathy, can you help me? I've taken a picture this morning of that big TV. Somebody wanted to see the codes on the back. Can you help me do this? I knew how to take a picture, but I don't know how to transfer it over to them with their, their email to get it to them. Oh, yeah, I can do that. I'm telling you, folks, I don't do it enough, honey. But you are exactly the part of the body of Christ that you're supposed to be because God has put you there. And each and every one of us are that exact part of the body that we are supposed to be. God has put us there. What are we supposed to be? I didn't know I was supposed to be a pastor until he did it. Kathy had no idea that she was supposed to be a pastor's wife. She thought, oh, I want John to be a pastor. I think he's going to be a pastor, but, you know, he keeps saying no. He keeps saying no, and boom, the Lord did it. And she was the pastor's wife right away. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, though? Each and every one of us have a part. Among whom, these apostles among whom are ye, God's chosen people, also the called of Jesus Christ. That's the title. There you go. The last part of verse 6. The called of Jesus Christ. Now, we'll uh, get through this. I'm going to go a little long if I don't get through it pretty quick here. In verse 1, Paul declares to be separated, which means to be set off by boundary, appointed, etc., etc., divided, separated. This is what it means to be called of God, called of Jesus Christ. We have been separated from what we once were. We were once dead. We didn't want Christ at all, the true and living God. We had no desire for him. And we know that, don't we? We know. Oh. Now, wait a minute, John. I've been a Christian all my life. You sure? Think about it. 
first hear the gospel preached, for me it was 23 years ago. Paul said all that stuff that he was before God called him. And he was pretty adamant, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Didn't he call himself to be a Pharisee, a Pharisee? Isn't that correct? Yeah. A, a member of the Jews? The chosen, gener the chosen people? <coughs> All that stuff meant nothing to Paul after God called him. All that stuff before us meant nothing after God called us. The only thing that means anything to us now is his grace in calling us to him. This is what it means to be called of God, called of Jesus. We have been separated from what we once were. We have been given spiritual life where once we were dead. Consider with me, if you would, this word called for a moment. The word means appointed. We see the same concept over in Ephesians chapter 1. Would you turn over there with me real quick? Again, we're going to look at very familiar verses. I heard about a pastor, and I forget which, who he was, but he... He made a statement one time. He said, these verses, if you open up my Bible, you will see are the most worn pages out of all Scripture. Why? He says, because in God's gospel, these words mean every bit of it. No matter where you go to in God's book to preach his word, you can come to these very words, and it explains it plainly to any child can understand it. What do we read in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us, blessed his people, blessed all of God's chosen, all of his elect, all of his called throughout all time, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. Amen. Amen. In Christ. Nothing I have done, huh? Not in me. I'm not blessed because I've turned the page and I'm start smoking. I'm not blessed because I've done this and done that. No, I'm blessed because of my Savior, Christ Jesus. Plain and simple. Verse 4. According as he hath chosen us. That's the word called right there. According as he hath chosen us in him, separated us in Christ Jesus, before the foundation of the world. How can that be? I wasn't even walking then. I wasn't even a seed in my daddy's loins at that time. <laughs> Our Lord has loved us with an everlasting love. From before time ever began. Everything created was for the love of his people. That we might glorify him throughout eternity. For his graciousness and his mercy in sending his son in our stead as our substitute. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. I was talking with Brother Norm about that this morning. You know, we see the promises of God through his word, but oh, the depth of his love, none of us. We'll see that depth until the day we stand with him face to face. Our brother Bill sees it right now, doesn't he? He sees the love of God 
could care less about anything that's happening back here on earth. You know, he used to he used to tell me that. He said, Bill, don't you want to, you know, if, if you don't put something in writing about what's going to happen to your things at your house, the government's going to take it. I don't care. <laughs> he says, when I get to heaven, John, I don't care what happens to any of that stuff. I don't care what happens to anything. I don't care about anything back here on earth. I'm with Jesus Christ, my Lord. What else could there be? Holy and without blame before him. Verse 5, in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children of Jesus, by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of of his will. Now we read that again in Romans chapter 28. Turn over there if you would please. Romans chapter 28. And we'll look at this in a deeper. You would think, oh John, we look at that deep every week. It's going to get even deeper when we get there in our Bible study maybe a year from now. The word appointed. It's the same concept that we just saw in Ephesians chapter 1. We were chosen in Christ, predestinated in Christ, predestinated to be the, to, unto the adoption of the children by Jesus Christ to himself. Over in Romans 28, we read it this way. Paul addressing the Romans once again. He says, for whom he, whom God, whom the very one that we put our trust in, whom he did foreknow, those that he foreknew before the world was, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, those who he predestinated, them he also, what? Called. Chose. Oh. I'm telling you, folks. A child of God loves the doctrine of election because we know that there was no chance without God that we would have chose him. Right. We know that his word is true when he says we ran from the light. We know that his word was true when it says that none seeketh after me. Then he also called. Here's wonderful news. The gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified for his children and whom he called, them he also justified and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Paul declared who it was that gave him the authority to preach this gospel. And here in verse 6 of our text, he declares that we too are called by that same authority. Christ Jesus is that authority. He has all of authority. He is the Lord with all power, all authority, and we have different gifts, but we are called by the same one who distributes those gifts. That's what we read in Ephesians 1. All blessings flow through him. That's why we are all servants of Christ. We live because he lives in us. We live for him and by him. We are kept by his power, as Peter declares over in chapter 1 of his first epistle. Turn over there, if you would, please, and we'll bring this to an end. First Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 2, what do we see right there, right off the bat? Elect. 
elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. What shall we say then to these things? What shall we say, folks? When we know that we were called by God, when we know that it was not by our power that brought us to God, when we know that the power that we have is null, none, nothing there, that by his power we are called and kept. What shall we say to that? Here's what Paul said, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, that rather is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Amen.